0: Welcome to the GOAT, Tom Brady. I'm Gary Myers, author of the New York Times bestseller, Brady vs. Manning. And thanks so much for listening to Bonus Episode 6, Tom Brady, Soup for Seven. Even with the pandemic limiting Raymond James Stadium to 22,000 fans for Super Bowl 55, about one-third capacity The atmosphere will be electric as Tom Brady goes for his seventh Super Bowl championship. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. The Goat versus the Baby Goat. And the Bucks are the first team to play the Super Bowl on their home field. Soup's on. And now think about this. It was almost unimaginable when Brady played for the Patriots the evil empire of the NFL, but I think he's now the sentimental favorite in the Super Bowl. I have friends who are lifelong Jets fans who've set aside the hatred they had for Brady when he was playing for Bill Belichick and the Patriots were beating the Jets twice a year and they're now rooting for Tom in the Super Bowl. I mean, he's going against players just about half his age in a physically demanding sport. Mahomes was just six and a half years old when Brady won his first Super Bowl after the 2001 season. Besides, is there a father or a mother who could not relate to Brady hugging his son Jack standing by the railing of the stands at Lambeau Field in Green Bay after the NFC Championship game? What an incredible accomplishment for Brady at his age in his first year with a new team, with no off-season program to get acclimated to his new teammates, with a scaled-down training camp, and to now win seven in a row by winning three playoff games on the road to get back home is just amazing. Tom Brady Sr. told me that he and his wife Galen, who is a cancer survivor, each contracted COVID at the beginning of the NFL season in September. They live in San Mateo in Northern California. Tom Sr. told me he was in the hospital for 18 days for what he described to others as a life and death situation. Tom called twice a day to check on his parents. This is the stress that makes him very relatable as the country is going through a once-in-a-century pandemic. Thankfully, his parents have recovered and will be in Tampa for Super Bowl 55 here's tom
1: uh they're doing great so i think that's the best uh best part about all of it is uh they came through it and um you know i think one thing as you get older as um you know an athlete one thing for you know me experiencing you know a lot of different things over the course of my career is you know there's a lot of family things that take place and um you know my situation it could be my parents but also i have kids and you know so just um you know, it's just a lot of things that happen in your life. Like all of us, you know, as you get older, you just, there's more that, that you take on. So, um, I still obviously love, uh, you know, going out there and competing, but on the other side of that, you know, there's a lot of family things that are very important to me. And, um, certainly the health of my parents is very important. And, uh, although I was far away, um, I had three sisters who were, um, you know, doing everything they could to help at the time too. So, uh, I'll be very excited to certainly know my parents will be in the stands uh, for the game. On Sunday, they won't, They only made it to one game this year. It wasn't a very good outcome, the Saints game at home, which was pretty rough for all of us. But uh, I'll have a full, a full contingent, you know, all coming in on, I think, Saturday afternoon and ready to watch the game and cheer us on.
0: On this episode of The GOAT, Tom Brady, I'm going to talk with former Giants quarterback Eli Manning the only quarterback to face Brady twice in the Super Bowl who will discuss what it was like beating him twice. And you will hear from former Giants defensive end Justin Tuck, another two-time Super Bowl champion who was a pass-rushing force on the defense in Super Bowl 42 that may have set the blueprint for the Chiefs on how to beat Brady in the Super Bowl. The 2007 Giants team of Manning and Tuck prevented Brady and the Patriots from completing the first perfect 19-0 season in NFL history. Tom woke up the next morning praying it was just a bad dream. Sorry about that, Tom. The loss is still painful to Brady. This year's Chiefs have two things in common with those Giants. Steve Spagnuolo was the Giants defensive coordinator and is now Kansas City's defensive coordinator. And just like the Giants, the Chiefs have a strong pass rush, especially up the middle with Chris Jones, which has always been Brady's kryptonite. When Eli Manning retired last January, Brady sent out an entertaining, congratulatory tweet. Here's quoting Tom. Congratulations on your retirement and great career, Eli. Not going to lie, though, I wish you hadn't won any Super Bowls. That was the end of the tweet. Manning beat Brady with last-minute drives in each Super Bowl following the 2007 and 2011 seasons. This is Brady's sixth Super Bowl in the last 10 years. So here's what I asked Eli Manning. Eli, when you think about um, at the time that you beat him twice, those four years apart, he had three championships, and he's won three more since then, and then has a chance to get another, which would give him seven. Is that... For a fellow quarterback, is that almost incomprehensible? It is. I mean, what, what he's been able to accomplish,
2: uh, you know, let alone this, this season. But you know, in his first twenty years in New England, and going to, um, you know, so many Super Bowls, winning that many, uh, and you know, then you throw in the amount of AFC Championship games they went through and, and lost. You know, I, I mean, you know, the, the amount of wins they could have had, uh, you know, championships. Uh, you know, so, so you know it could it could have been even better than than what it what it was. They were so close and so many other times, but then, let alone this year at age forty three in his twenty first season, and and changing teams during a pandemic and a uh, you know a shortened off season, and the rules were different, and for him to go in there and and kind of get the same result and getting back to a Super Bowl, I mean, you just you know you, you thought the it wouldn't be possible, you know, just, there'd be too many, uh, too many things to overcome and to get comfortable. And, but I don't know if, if you know, whether it's just his play or just his demeanor or, or, or something that he has that gets other people, uh, to either prepare harder or work harder or just, you know, believe that they're going to win. have them. Uh, there, there there's gotta be, you've got to have some special formula that, that he has, uh, That brings the best out
0: of everybody around them. The Giants' victory over the Patriots in Super Bowl 42 was the second greatest upset in pro football history, just behind Joe Namath and the Jets beating the Colts in Super Bowl III. In my opinion, Eli Manning had a Hall of Fame career, even though his overall record in the regular season was just 117 and 117. But he was outstanding in the biggest moments, in the two Super Bowls he played in against Tom Brady. Back to my conversation with Eli. I know winning the game is great, winning the MVP is great, to do it twice is twice as good, but to have done it against him and his status now is maybe the greatest of all time, does that make it even more special for you?
2: You know, not not at the time, just because at the time, you're you're just worried and so uh, just excited about winning a championship, what it means, you know, for, for, for me personally, what it means to the organization, the fan base, your teammates, you know, so many people, it's not about, you know, who you beat. It's about what we were able to accomplish uh, together as, as our group, as New York Times. So I, I think as years, you know, have, have passed and continue to go, and you start, you know, you look at, at you know, kind of the uh, his success, and his all all, you know, the times he's been in championships, uh, you know, he comes becomes more more unique. But it's not you know, I, I never I've been around Tom a bunch and we've you know, we we become friends and I, I never mentioned the Super Bowls, I never kinda trash talk to him uh, <laughs> you know, really about about those just because you know, just he brings it up. I, I mean, I got no you know, he I, got all the bragging rights. He's got six championships and, you know, 10 Super Bowls and, and, uh, you know, he brings it up, especially the 07 season, because I think it still bothers him that we won that game. I think he, you know, he wanted to go down as the greatest team of all time and have the undefeated season. So he brings that up more than, more than I do.
0: You're listening to a special episode of The GOAT, Tom Brady. We'll be back in a moment. Brady won three Super Bowls in his first four years as a starter and then was stuck on three for 10 years. The gap made him appreciate even more how difficult it is to win the Super Bowl. He's now won three in the last six years. In a conversation I had with Brady before he won his fourth title, he was telling me how incredible it was for Joe Montana and Terry Bradshaw to win four and he said, well, you know, it's not like anybody's going to win six or seven. He was wrong about that, of course. Here's what Tom told me back then.
1: But it's not like you're going to win six, you know, six, seven Super Bowls. It's just, you know, it's why didn't Michael Jordan win 12 championships? Right. I mean, he won six. I mean, there's still a ton, but I mean, you're not going to, with how good the, the, the other players are at the level playing field, especially in the NFL... In the salary cap era, it's, you know, it's 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 hard to win. There's so much turnover on the teams. There's so much injuries become a factor in a season. Um, you know, one critical player on one side of the ball gets injured. Mm-hmm. So, winning the Super Bowl is about putting yourself, your team in a position when it matters in January, and then your matchups each game.
0: When the Giants beat the Patriots the first time in the Super Bowl, they did it by making Brady uncomfortable in the pocket. No quarterback likes pressure. Steve Spagnuolo devised a game plan to utilize the Giants' three best pass rushers on passing downs together by moving Justin Tuck inside to team with defensive ends Michael Strahan and O.C. Yumanura. The Giants sacked Brady five times. Tuck had two of them and could easily have been named Super Bowl MVP. The Patriots had set the record that season for most points scored, but the Giants held them to just 14. Here's Tuck on the Super Bowl game plan against Tom Brady.
3: The game plan was sack Brady and do everything in our power to sack him uh, and to hit him and to make his life uncomfortable and miserable. And we really didn't care. I mean, honestly, we, you know, there's other things in the game plan, but we, if you boil it down, we really didn't care about anybody else. Tom Brady is the you know the greatest quarterback of all time, and in order for us to have had any chance in those Super Bowls, you know he's the head of the snake. So in order to kill a snake, you got to cut the head off. Mm-hmm. And our game plan was we played the run to the quarterback. Or oh, you know we didn't play, we didn't have any run blitzes or run stunts or anything like that. Everything was solely focused on. Getting to to twelve, and if there was a running back in our way, then he just so happened to have the ball. tackle him on your way to twelve. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was pretty much ninety percent of the game plan. Now Spags did a really good job of adjusting and 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 throwing in wrinkles and having enough wrinkles in in his game plan, depending upon what we saw from them throughout the game. But you know. That, that game plan was probably one of the more vanilla game plans we've ever, we've ever we've ever put together right it don't look like it but you know there was not a lot of complex stuff mm-hmm. especially now on the front setting side now we might have did a little bit more stuff on the back end as far as disguises and coverages and and, uh, and, and trying to confuse uh, Tom, which, you know, you're not going to do that. But like if we can get him to slow down just a second on his read, then obviously it gave us up front to do a little bit more time and to do what we were doing. But for the most part, it was pinning your gears back get to the quarterback.
0: I followed up with Tuck. No quarterback likes to be hit, but was there something about him that you felt, you know, if you put enough shots on him that it could... Change his game. Was he any more vulnerable to that? Um, I just don't think he was used to it. Mm-hmm. Like Tom, Tom's a tough guy. You know, we didn't, we didn't
3: do anything from a physical standpoint to 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 limit him from playing his best ball. I, I know we've played some quarterbacks and we've had you know those type of games against them, and they they either get hurt, um, you know, they're bruised up. They, you know, but for, for us. And what I noticed with, with him in these games is he was more frustrated mentally than it was a physical thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, he probably wouldn't have gotten the cold stuff like we all did. out of the game because he got hit a lot. But I don't think that a, I don't think the physical toll that, that we had on him in that game did as much as the mental toll and the fact that, especially in twenty you know two thousand seven, everything just seemed to have went his way, and not only him personally, but that team in general. And now it was up against this this. This obstacle a real, real dogfight of a game for you know maybe I haven't went back and looked at the games that they played that year, but maybe for the first time that year they felt they had they had to really, really, really fight you know four quarters for a win there.
0: The biggest throw Manning made in Super Bowl 42 came after he escaped pressure and lofted a pass down the middle of the field that David Tyree pinned against his helmet as he was being hit by Rodney Harrison. It was good for 32 yards to New England 24-yard line with just 59 seconds left. Four plays later, Manning lofted a 13-yard pass to a wide-open Plexico Burris in the left corner of the end zone for the winning touchdown with 35 seconds remaining. The Giants were only 10-6 in 2007 and won three playoff games on the road to get to the Super Bowl, just as Brady and the Bucks have done this season. The Giants' regular season record tied for worst for a Super Bowl champion. Four years later, the Giants set the record for the worst record by a Super Bowl champion. They were 9-7, and and they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl 21-17. Manning once again made the key play. The Giants were down by three when they took possession at their 12-yard line with 346 left in the game. On first down, Manning lofted a perfectly thrown pass down the left sideline that Mario Manningham caught and was able to keep both feet in bounds. The play picked up 38 yards. Manning could not have placed the ball any better if he walked down the field, down to where Manningham was, and put it right in his hands. Eight plays later, Ahmaud Bradshaw scored the winning touchdown on a six yard run. In each of those Super Bowl losses, Brady had the ball one more time, but was limited to just throwing it down the field and praying. The Hail Mary prayers were not answered. You're listening to a special episode of The GOAT, Tom Brady. We'll be back in a moment. The Brady mystique is real and definitely a factor in this game. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes must be careful not to get sucked in by it. He played against Brady in the conference championship game two years ago. He played in the Super Bowl last year, but he's never faced Brady in the Super Bowl. As great as Mahomes has been for three years, there is still pressure facing the GOAT in the Super Bowl. Here's Eli Manning.
2: You have to be kind of cautious of, you know, of, of, of not saying, "Hey, we have to play the perfect game." Cause it's not about playing the perfect game because if you think that's what you have to do, and you make one mistake, it doesn't mean you're going to lose the game. It's just about um, knowing that you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to play smart, and you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to step up uh, in the critical moments of games and, and kind of, you know, make the, you know, make the plays when you have opportunities because. Uh, you don't want to give him a second chance and you don't want to make it any easier than it has to be for him.
0: I asked Manning who he liked in Super Bowl 55.
2: You know, I, I think both teams are playing really, really well. Uh, I think Tampa's defense is really good. Um, I think Thomas is playing great. they got playmakers all over the field. I think Tampa will be able to move the ball and, and score points. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, Kansas City just You know, as as good as as Tom is, especially he has, Mahomes kind of has that, that, some of those same abilities just to make plays in critical moments of of being down in games and finding ways to win and and just have Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, just so many playmakers. Um, You know, I I think it's kind of, I think it's a great matchup. And I think it's just going to be kind of one of those timing timing issues of a game. It's kind of who gets, who gets the ball last? Mm-hmm. Who, who kind of makes, makes that critical play late in the fourth quarter to, to win a football game? And um, you know, so I, I think it could definitely go either way. I think I think Kansas City. Uh, you know, I just I think they're gonna win, but you know, but I think you know it could easily go either way.
0: Who do I like? The Chiefs' offense looks unstoppable. Tyreek Hill ran right through the Bucks' defense, in Kansas City's twenty-seven. 27- 24 victory in Tampa on November 29th. He had 203 yards receiving and two touchdowns in the first quarter as the Chiefs jumped out to a 17-0 lead. But the Bucs held Mahomes to just 10 points in the last three quarters, although they could not get the ball out of his hands at the end of the fourth quarter, which would have given them a chance to send the game into overtime or even win it. Mahomes ran the last 4 minutes and 10 seconds off the clock by picking up three first downs. I think the Bucs will benefit by being exposed to Mahomes and Hill and the fast-break Chiefs offense. I think this will be another Brady-Mahomes shootout. But ultimately, this has been a magical year for Tom Brady, and I just feel this ends with his seventh Super Bowl championship. Bucks 31, Chiefs 27, soups on. I'm Gary Myers, and thanks so much for listening to bonus episode six of The Goat, Tom Brady. The Goat, Tom Brady is a production of Diversion Podcast in association with iHeartRadio. This season is written and hosted by me, Gary Myers. Executive producers Scott Waxman and Mark Francis for Diversion Podcasts and Sean Titone for iHeartRadio. Story editing by Scott Waxman with editorial direction from John Tuttle. Editing, mixing, and sound design by Mark Francis. Archival research by Brianne Murphy. Verna Fields is our technical producer, and our director of marketing and business development is Jacob Bronstein. Special thanks to Oren Rosenbaum at UTA. Find Diversion on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Diversion Pods. And let us know, what do you think of the show? Send us your questions, your comments, and even your critiques. That's Diversion Pods on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
2: Transcription